Yeah. Justice All this Fendi and Gucci is goofy. LB Council, you tell them to sue. Rolex, AP, ain't y'all follow. Need that, need us. Almighty, black dollar. Well, I want to pick back up with, um, you know, another key that I feel like is going to help us, you know, close the wealth gap, kind of that leads into what we just previously kind of talking about. Um, and that's that, you know, ownership and professionalism. Those are things that, are, you know, are sorely lacking um, in our community. Um, you know, kind of leads back into that, understand what I'm saying, if we just focus on us and find my gift and your gift will make room for you, um, that, that creates ownership. And ownership doesn't always mean that I own my own company. But it's me taking ownership okay. over my life, over my destination, over oh, me being huge. the best that I can possibly be. So, of course, we know all of us weren't meant to be the owners of a corporation. Because if you had too many owners, you ain't got no workers. That's right. <laughs> you know, and everybody's meant to play a role. So, a lot of times, people, they, they can misconstrue when I say I'm all about ownership. They think that that means that, okay, well, everybody go out and start their own company. Everybody right. needs to, you know, be their own boss. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in a position where you can do that, great. We definitely need ownership in every area of industry. We definitely in our community need to have and take ownership and we need some people to step out on faith and have our own engineering firms, architecture firms and you know legal firms and doctors and you know CPA firms, financial advisors. We do need, you know, IT. We we need to have a company in every area of industry in this United States that we can take control of so we can not hire our own. We're not sitting around waiting for other people to give us opportunities. Um, so that's why the ownership is definitely so important because we're always in a predicament where you know, we're going to school, we're working hard, we're doing what society tells us to do. You know, we graduate, we're going out and we're looking for these jobs and, you know, the job comes down to me versus, you know, a guy that I went to school with at UAB and, you know, he has maybe a different pigmentation and, you know, he gets the job and I don't. But they say, you know what, we like you, we want to bring you in, but, you know, um, the job you, you know, you wanted, eh, we didn't quite you know, give it to you, we got something else for you. And they start you out a rung below. You start off in the mayor room, you gotta work your way up. And that gentleman comes in and, you know, friend of the family, you know, you know, has an uncle, a cousin, brother, sister, father, um, you know, neighbor who can, you know, put in a good word for him. And all of a sudden, he starts out as that, you know, junior VP or starts out in that VP role. And his starting point is $100,000. Our starting point is $35,000. Well, that's how to do with ownership. You know, nepotism is real. You know, this country is, is built on, you know, right. nepotism, favoritism, you know, things of nature. So until we create ownership um, and we can be the ones to, you know, hire and fire and dictate who works for us and how much they're going to make, you know, then we can start to have some level of control. But for the everyday individual, it, that doesn't mean that if you're not an owner, you can't be successful. Because a lot of jobs are paying great money. But I believe that you have to take some ownership on your skill set and your capabilities. Exactly. Too many times I see, you know, people that, you know, went to school for accounting or went to school for engineering and, you know, they got a degree, but then they get out, start working their job, and all of a sudden they're looking for a side hustle or something else to do to help, you know, you know, bridge the gap so it has to make some money on the side. Well, if you put that same time, effort, and energy into getting a master's degree. Right or getting a PhD, or getting some additional certifications, or you know, doing certain things within your particular industry that can help you be better, then guess what? That's automatically gonna raise your salary. You create demand for yourself. Okay, so you, I heard you say once before, working two jobs won't get you rich. No. So that, that means if, if I have a profession, right? Because this, our society is microwave. And when these kids got to college, and they don't get a job that they want or they're not getting paid as much, they start thinking about entrepreneurship because the the media around entrepreneurship is beautiful right now. Yeah. People getting rich fast, all type of things going on with, with that. 
So you're saying that if you graduated from college and you got that degree and that's what you want to do and you're passionate about it, you should continue to put all your energy into that to make you successful. You know, versus going to get a side hustle. You know, the key word of what you said is passion. Mm. If you're passionate about it. Right. You know, I was listening to, uh, you know, Deion Sanders one time. You know, he's, of course, you know, right. at Jackson State coaching at HBCU. And he made a statement that says, you know, since he's been doing a lot of recruiting, trying to obviously bring kids in to build up his program, he said, the biggest difference I found with a lot of kids nowadays mm. is kids like stuff, but they don't love nothing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So they they, they like on Facebook, they like right. on Instagram, they like on Snapchat. You know right. they, they like this, they like that. It's all about likes. Mm -hmm. But if you love something, you're willing to give your all for it. You're willing to go above and beyond for it. So for me, I love to teach people how to create generational wealth. I love to impact people positively. So I put everything that I have into being the best I can possibly be in that. Now, once I started doing that, and I found that okay, this is my gift and my area of expertise. That gift has made room for me. Right. You know, the Bible tells you, said, if you are skillful in your works, God will place you before great men. And if you walk in that, but the problem is we haven't walked in that. Most people hadn't found that passion. Right. You know, most people hadn't found that lane or that gift or that area of expertise that they need to focus in, or they may have just hadn't found that passion. Right. And a lot of times we allow the outside world to dictate our passion. Yep. Because nobody shows you the bad. And everybody only shows you the good. Everybody on Instagram showing, you know, how great things are and how wonderful their life is and, you know, the new car. They ain't tell you, you know, they might have spent their last getting a new car. They just show you the new car. Right. You know, so you never covet and worry about what another person is doing. That's why I say you got to put blinders on and focus on you. All too often nowadays, you know, in this microwave society, we're so worried about what everybody else thinks and what everybody else is doing. And we allow the expectations of the world, which are false. That's right to infiltrate and dictate our movements. And as long as you're doing that, you're gonna always be, you know, behind the eight ball. Right. You're always gonna be, you know, a dog chasing his tail. So you never wanna be in a situation where you're doing that. So if you find your passion, you find your area, you find your gift, and you focus in on that, that don't mean every day's a good day. That's right. You know, that don't mean every day is going to be a wonderful day. With life, you're gonna have trials and turbulations. That's, I mean, that's the way it works. And I, I can be honest with you, man. I didn't always know what my passion was. My, mm -hmm. I, I would say I stumbled upon it. I, I, I was really, in my mind, I was following what God wanted me to do. And it was a tough road being an entrepreneur and getting into marketing and advertising and media. But I, I, I didn't know that was going to be my passion. Mm -hmm. But I had to put boots on the ground, skin in the game, and then it came to me like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Man, look, I, I can tell you from personal experience, mm -hmm. you know, I went to college, played football. So, mm -hmm. you know, didn't really think the NFL was an opportunity. You know, I was one of those kids that I wanted to, you know, get a scholarship to earn a free education, get to college. I accomplished that, I got to college, and all of a sudden I'm playing a little bit and, you know, had a you know, decent career. And I had an opportunity to, you know, maybe take the next step to see if I was gonna get a chance at the NFL. Right. Well, you know, the opportunity is right there. I had, you know, a couple workouts, I had an agent. I'm, I'm thinking all these things are gonna go my way. I'm thinking I'm finna be in the NFL with a, you know, $5 million contract, and all of a sudden, you know, I get hurt at a workout. <laughs> you know, don't even complete a workout. All of a sudden, I'm back at home, and you know, luckily I had my degree, right. you know, in economics from UAB, and you know, I'm sitting around, and you know, my father bumped into a former player, and um, at a bank one day, he was like, "Well, he asked me that. Well, what is he doing right now?" I'm like, "Well, you know, myself, he's working out. I had an opportunity. Um, I had an offer to actually go to Canada and play football." Um, so I'm looking at that. I wasn't really too in love with the idea. Um, I had an opportunity to go teach and coach, my father being a former basketball coach, and you know, he had some connections, and a lot of people thought I would go into coaching just because that's kind of the, right. you know, the family business, so to be. Um, so I was actually headed that direction. Actually, I had, I had accepted a job. Mm. I was probably a week from being 
a coach and a teacher. You know, it's crazy. Right. And I look back on it, it's yeah. just, you know, it's God's timing. And the only reason it didn't happen is that the actual school board didn't get a chance to vote. So it was um, happened on a holiday weekend. I don't think it was 4th of July. So usually the school board has to vote to approve, right. you know, a teacher or, you know, coach or whatever before they come in and, you know, finalize the job. And the, the meeting was supposed to be a Monday night. Well, they had canceled it and made it the following week because of, I think, the 4th of July holiday. Right. So in that time period, I ended up meeting a guy that was at an insurance company, and he said, you know, present the opportunity to me. He said, you know what, if you can come over here, you can be average. You know, you can earn this amount of money. You can do this. I'm like, you know what? There's no cap or no ceiling on how far I can go. Right. I was in a position where, you know, I had just moved back home. I wasn't happy about it. You know, it's one of those things, once you leave home, I plan on never coming back. But I was right. back home at my parents' house, and I'm like, well, man, what am I going to do? And the opportunity just kind of popped up my nowhere. Mm. And some were just telling me, you know what, just give it a shot. You know, worst case, worst case scenario, you don't like it in a year, you go back and you fall back into teaching and coaching and, you know, live happily ever after. But I fell into it, and I just had a knack for it. Mm. I had a gift for it. And, you know, I... I I had a passion for educating people and helping people, and I, you know, I believe in, you know, caring about people is one of the things I picked up from my father. He always told me, um, people don't wonder how much you know until they find out how much you care. Um, so it's one of those things I kind of took with me, and that's how I operated. And you know, about three years into the job, I had, you know, won all these different awards at this company. I had won, you know, life insurance salesman of the year. I had done all these wonderful things, and right. you know, I was still somewhat unfulfilled. And, you know, but I'm, but I'm working. I'm just like, okay, I'm, you know, God, what you want me to do? And literally, I woke up one morning and it was just light bulb that went off. God was like, I want you to teach people how to create generational wealth. Hmm. I mean, that was it. I mean, it was, <laughs> it's been off to the races. Like, literally, I look back and I was on the cover of a media guide in college. You know, I had a football media guide. Of course, they used to put, you know, different seniors and different, you know, you know, highlight certain players or whatever on the cover of the media guide. And, I remember the media guy coming out, and I remember seeing it in my senior year, and there was like a four-page write-up, you know, article on it. And I hated the article. <laughs> because the article, all it talked about was, you know, me being a good student, and, you know, my plans for once football is done, I plan on right. going to business, own my own company. And, down. and it was watered down. I was like, well, I'm thinking about, like, man, what about my opportunity to play in the NFL? Like, I'm thinking about football right, right. now, and this article is talking about me going on being in business. Right. You know, I took it as a slap in the face. I'm like, this, this guy just disrespected me. I'm like, you know, but he, had, he didn't even ask me about the article. They just wrote it. And I'm like, who came up with the content? Right. I read the article 10 years later, mm. and that was in 2004. That was 2003. I read the article 2013, and man, doing everything, everything that they said in the article, and it came fast. I'm like, you know, God, that foreshadowed. So it's you know amazing how things work and how things kind of come full circle. But you know, I found my passion early. I'm, I'm blessed to do that. But you know, I asked God to give me my passion. I asked God to reveal it to me. You know, I wanted I don't know to find it. Do that. I don't know That's if people still do that. Do people really still ask God for, for their passion? Man, I'm, I'm one of the people look. If you ask God a question, he's going to get an answer. It just might not be the one you want. <laughs> you know, so be, be, you know, you, you know he's going to get an answer. Now, you could ask him two weeks later, the answer ain't going to change. Mm -hmm. Now, what I have learned is how you interpret the answer can change based on your experience and, mm -hmm. you know, where you are in your life. So as you, you know, for me, I was in the process of finding myself and growing and, you know, so, so getting my life back on track, so to speak, right. and, you know, dropping some of the worldly ways and things of that nature, so to speak. So, you know, mine came to me at a point where, you know, I was seeking him. And he said, look. You know, this is what I want you to do. It once he revealed it to me, for me, you know, that created an undying passion. So for me, when the days are not 
you know, the best days and I'm looking and I'm, I'm trying to talk to my people and I'm trying to educate my people and I'm trying to help my people because I know we need it more than anybody else and my people are not responding or they're not hearing it. Right. Well, that doesn't stop me from continuing to move on. I still wake up every day with that same passion to move forward and get better and do my, it you know, my call. When you get in a situation like that, things are not going your way. Passion will make you get smarter. It will make you think and get creative and find different ways and avenues and connect with different people. It will reroute you versus quitting and going to something else. That's what passion yeah. do for you. Oh yeah, well, well passion will not allow you to quit. But yes. and that's what I said. We found out, you know, mm -hmm. talked about, you know, we said kids don't love anything anymore. They just like everything. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have that love and that passion, that's undying. Yeah. I'm going to find a way. I'm committed to this. I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So, you know, once you have that, you know, being successful is not a question. Right. You know, so I would tell people all the time, they ask me, you know, how do I, you know, you know, judge what clients I work with and what I don't. Mm -hmm. You know, because I've never had a, a client minimum, so I, I don't have a number on how much money a person has to work with me as an advisor. It's always been, if I like you, I work with you. If I don't, I won't. Mm -hmm. For me, it's a character minimum. You know, what kind of character, what kind of heart do you have? Is You know, what kind of work ethic do you have? You can be a person that has nothing. But I see if your heart is in the right place, you're chasing your passion, you're chasing your dream, you're doing everything you can to be as successful as you possibly can. I'm not worried about if you're going to make it. Right. It's just a matter of when. Right. So I'll pour everything I have into helping you be the best person you can possibly be because I know at some point in time in the future, the fruits of your labor are going to shine through.